welcome to the Pondering Polymath podcast. My name is Zita Porter, and today we'll be exploring the world of teaching. A polymath is a person of wide-ranging knowledge or learning, and that is definitely applicable to me on this podcast. Today we'll be exploring teachers, as I mentioned, and we'll be interviewing Mr. Jeff Hiles, or as I know him, as Mr. Hiles. I met Mr. Hiles when I was just 11 years old and my family moved to Panama. I went to the Metropolitan School of Panama, which was an international school that was English speaking. So I was able to learn Spanish there as well, but have the majority of my classes in English. The Metropolitan School of Panama, or the Met, opened in 2011 when I started. I was one of four girls in my sixth grade class, and there was only about 16 boys, so it was a very interesting first year. As an international school, there were about 35 different countries represented from pre-K to where I was in sixth grade for that first year, so it was an extremely diverse environment, and I enjoyed the atmosphere of the school. Continuing on to seventh grade, the school expanded quite a bit. There was three new grades added, and we were able to move freely in between classes, which was a little bit different than my prior year. I still had Mr. Hiles as one of my teachers for my humanities class, but I did have other teachers that year as well. Before I started recording the interview, Mr. Hiles and I caught up a little bit, since I really hadn't seen him since seventh grade when I left Panama. And it was good to hear about how he's doing. He enjoyed hearing about how I'm doing. And we talked a little bit about his background as well. So he does mention that conversation during the beginning of this interview. We also talked a little bit about my career plans. And currently, I'm interested in the publishing industry. So he does mention that a little bit later on in the interview as well. We'll get into the interview now, and I hope you guys enjoy. Can you describe how you got to where you are today? (laughs) okay so i'm from toronto canada and um when i was uh in university i studied international development studies and history right that was my major so my my original goal was to be a work for the united nations right like i wanted to get into development developing countries around the world and part of what and what I learned was you have to do something in development. Like, are you going to be in law or in the environment? Are you going to help housing? Are you going to help infrastructure? So I thought I'd help in education, right? So my goal was, was like, okay, let me just travel around just to get a sense of the world before I dive into this career. And so I started ESL teaching. So once I got my first degree, I started EFL teaching. And I taught in the United Arab Emirates, I taught in Colombia, and I'm like, I really like this education thing, right? And I think I was pretty good at it. I mean, I was learning, but you know, I thought I had a, it was natural for me. It was a natural fit. So I went to teacher's college to get my bachelor's in education. And then I started teaching in Canada for two years. And I realized, you know what? I don't wanna do this for the rest of my life in Canada. So that's how I started international teaching. I went to Turkey for five years. And then I went to Panama where I met you, right, for two years and met my wife, Kathleen. And then we went to Vietnam for three years. And then we went back to Panama for five years. And now I'm here in the United States. Awesome. And do you remember what initially made you interested in teaching? Did you ever think about it before you were teaching ESL? Well, it's it's, it's a good question. You know, things sometimes happen in life 
When I was in university, I did my first degree in a school in Halifax, which is in the east part of Canada. But I did part of my degree in my home city of Toronto, University of Toronto. At the time, I was just looking for some odd jobs to get some money. And a friend of mine's mother, who was a principal, needed some supply teaching help. They, they just were out of bodies. And she knew that I used to work with kids, like as a camp counselor, as a coach and a tutor and stuff, right? So she just said, Jeff, I need your help. And so I saw her supply teaching as I was finishing my degree. And that was kind of the first time where I realized, like, it, it just came natural to me. Like, I just felt it was, I had to ease with the students. And that was probably the first experience of like, okay, yeah, you know, I like this education world. Yeah. And then what aspects about teaching do you enjoy the most? <laughs> if you were to ask most teachers, they probably tell you the same thing. It's the students. It's the students. It's the interacting with students, right? Do I enjoy like the subjects I teach? Sure. You know, I mean, I'm teaching literature now. I'm enjoying it. You know what I mean? Like I, I enjoy this, but what you really enjoy is the conversation with kids, right? You enjoy the interactions. Um, you enjoy the laughter. You enjoy sharing yourself, learning about the kids, growing as a person, helping the students grow as they are. Try to see the best in each student and guide them to where they can accentuate their strengths. So I think to me, it's really the interaction with the students. Most teachers, if they had a choice, would say, you know what, just put me in the classroom, someone else do my planning, someone else go to the meetings, someone else deal with the parents, just let me be with kids, right? And so I think I'm similar. Very cool, yes. And then do you have any favorite memories from when you were teaching or favorite memories from this different places that you've lived? <laughs> I've had amazing memories all, all across my world. I think a couple of, of things that sometimes you have a lesson that goes really well. You know what I mean? Sometimes you have like a project you designed that went really well. And sometimes it's just an interaction with kids that go very well. One of the early experiences I had as a teacher was when I was supply teaching before uh, when I was in Toronto during that time. And as a supply teacher, you just go in, you have a plans on the desk and you just like make do with the kids. And there's this one time I went to this class and it was in a kind of a low income neighborhood. I remember this lesson that the teachers told me they want me to teach. It was a French class and they wanted me to play a game of bingo to practice their numbers. Right. So that was the lesson that she had me to teach. And I walked into the class and the kids were genuinely upset about something. You know, sometimes it's like kids just being bratty, but you can tell like something was really bothering them. And when I got in, everyone was everywhere in the class and there was just everyone was talking in this kind of panic mode. So I, I got in, I got their attention. I said, OK. What happened? Someone put up their hand and tell me what happened, because teaching you French when you're in this emotional state is not gonna work because you just don't care about it right now. And this girl put up her hand and was telling me about an incident that happened where they were using racial language in the class and people were accusing her of being racist when she didn't mean to be, right? And so I thought to myself, what do I do? 
do I address this issue or do I teach this French bingo? So knowing me, Zita, I addressed the issue. And from that question, we had an hour discussion that was so meaningful, so powerful. We got into like slavery. We got into the importance of language and why we use certain terms for certain terms. And we talked about the civil rights movement and how it works in Canada and like the differences between, it was so rich, kids didn't want to leave class. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, man, this is, this, this is really powerful. You know what I mean? And I remember from that day, they kept asking me to come back to the school, right? Because the kids really enjoyed that experience. But it always taught me to teach the kids, not the subject. And then another experience I had was probably my last two years of teaching, a student that you know, actually, oh, okay, wrote to me and said, this is like years later and said, I want you to come to my graduation. Oh, wow. And I was like, really? Like, I haven't seen you in like six, seven years. And she said that she asked her parents, her parents asked her what do you want for a graduation gift? And she said, I want Mr. Hiles to come to my graduation present. I'm in Panama. She's in the United States. And I thought that was really amazing that of all the teachers she's ever had, she still remembered our experience at the Met. Right. So her parents flew me out to Panama. I, I took a couple of days off. I'm like, you know what? This type of experience happens once in a career. And I had that weekend and I got to see her be amazing. Right. She was a valedictorian of her class. And, and it was it was just an amazing experience to know that what happened so long ago and the power a teacher has on a kid that like it's a really few things have that type of lasting impact right? It's very few times you're going to have a kid or someone 25 years from now say, you know what, I'm gonna go back to the first accountant I ever made. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let me go back to the first, the first veterinarian, you know what I mean? But teachers, because of the, the relationships you, you have with them, with the kids over a year, you have that type of opportunity that you can make the type of impact. So I think those two experiences, one at the beginning of my career, and when I'm close to the end, is probably my most two memorable that comes to my mind. Those are really awesome. That's so cool that you were able to go to the graduation as well. And then kind of a more abstract question is how do you define success for yourself as a teacher? That is a great question. <laughs> that is a great question. And I think that there is... There's a multitude of successes. There's not just one avenue. So I think basically what every teacher is trying to do is when you meet a student at the beginning of the year, you try to move them as far as they can, right? So you try to get them from A to how far as they, they can travel, right? For a Zeta Porter, that might be an A to light years ahead. <laughs> Some other people, it might just be from A to C. But that might be real progress for them, depending on what their kids' needs are. So to me, I think the ability to diagnose each kid's needs and to be able to put a plan together to take them as far as they can go and then doing your best to execute that plan, sometimes you get it right, sometimes you get it wrong. 
And to take them as far as they can go, to me, is what your role as a teacher is. And sometimes that may not even be academic, right? Like that sometimes may be like, you know what? I got this, this student who may be a high achiever to become more empathetic. That's mm-hmm. a success. Maybe that's what they needed. So I think it's looking at the student as a whole person, diagnosing what they need, and trying to get them to as far as you can before you send them to the next teacher. Yeah, that's really cool. And then next question is, what is something you discovered during your teaching career that was unexpected or surprised you? Um, one of the things that I'm not sure if it surprised me, but it's something I learned along the way is a lot of times we have these like new methods and techniques about what works and what doesn't, right? This is good teaching, this is not teaching. And what I realized is that there's no real one way. I've seen teachers be very, very traditional and do things that traditional people say doesn't work and the kid flourishes, right? And I think what surprised to me is just how many ways you could be successful in teaching. And the one thing I've always enjoyed about teaching is that you could bring any talent you have into the classroom. Right. I've known teachers who teach other kids how to cut hair. You know what I mean? Whatever talent, strategy, whatever personality trait, if you're a sense of humor, if you're serious, if you're shy, you can use anything to connect with a kid. So I think for me, that's what I, when I first got in, I always thought this is good teaching. But no, good teaching has no face. Really, it just, if a kid connects with you and you move that kid, that's good teaching, whatever it looks like. Awesome. And then uh, my last question is, what advice would you give to someone who might be interested in becoming a teacher? Mm. I think a couple things. One, know your why, which is something I tell any person, right? Why are you becoming a publisher, right? Why are you becoming this? Know your why. What's your motivation for what you're doing? That's really important. I used to tell students that all the time. Students that do successful in life are the ones that know their why. They know why they're motivated. They're studying this test not to get the test right. They're studying test because they want to go to Harvard. They're studying this test because they want to make their parents proud. They have a purpose for what they're doing. That's really important. Two, patience. It takes time to get this thing right. Right? It takes time. You learn through your mistakes. You're going to make thousands. Be patient with yourself, like emotionally manage yourself. A lot of teachers burn out because they try to be do too much too fast. And you can't because every kid is their own unique story. You can't learn every single story and be perfectly allotted for every person right away, which is why teaching is a team effort, right? Like, for example, I taught you in grade six and seven. But I was one of what you had seven teachers, your, all your sub subjects. You've had yeah. teachers from kindergarten up to university. I'm one out of a team of maybe a hundred teachers you've had in your life. And we all contribute something, right? And so a teacher doesn't have to be everything to every kid. You just have to do your part along the way and you'll get better over time, right? So I think patience is another thing. And to find your teacher self, every teacher has their own way of doing it that is personal to them, right? And that way, when you learn new things, you'll be like, that won't work for me. That will work for me because you know who you are. Like anything else, it takes time, right? It takes 
self-reflection and, and realizing sometimes it may work in the classroom, but it didn't feel right with you, right? And you have to understand why. And once you understand that, you make decisions that's best for your career because you know this is aligned with, consistent with your the principles that make you a teacher. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to interview. I really enjoyed that interview with Mr. Hiles. I think reflecting back on my time and my experiences in school, he's definitely one of the most influential teachers that I had. When I was thinking about who to ask to do an interview for the month of teaching, I immediately thought of Mr. Hiles just because of that. And I think it was really great to hear about his experiences. And I think as you all heard, it it is a tough job being a teacher, but Mr. Hiles, I think, has mastered it over the years. Thanks so much for listening to the first full-length episode of the Pondering Polymath podcast, and I'm looking forward to our episode next week, where I'll be interviewing another teacher to get a little bit of a different perspective. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.